Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. What follows may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world is full of stories. Stories of mysteries. Of curiosities. Of oddities. Join Kat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. So this is pretty exciting. It's all part of our global domination plan. (laughs) We are, um, it's funny because we left radio and started the podcast and now we're back on radio. Yeah, Starting Tuesday, we started broadcasting on WBCQ The Planet on Tuesday nights. Yeah, this is uh, one of the most powerful radio stations in the world. It's a shortwave radio station. It is so friggin' powerful. The signal reaches all the way down to the tip of South America, most of the United States, and as far east as Southeast Asia. So pretty much the whole planet. It's crazy. So a big welcome to any of our new shortwave people. Uh, We're so glad to have you here. And, you know, it's just weird and it's fun and it's something different. And I don't think anyone else is doing it. So Yeah, I think it's unusual. Yeah. Our first show ran this past Tuesday. Uh, at eight o'clock, it's it's going to be every Tuesday at eight p.m. East Coast time here in the U.S. until we decide to not do it anymore. <laughs> but for now, <laughs> and uh, the first one ran, and immediately after, we started getting messages from all over the place, and yeah. that was really kind of exciting. It really is neat. So if you are a shortwave person, a SWL as they say, mm-hmm. then uh, find us at seventy four ninety kilohertz. I'm not a shortwave person, so I said that with a question mark at the end. Sorry. (laughs) And the call letters again are W... BCQ. The Planet. This will be a fun little experiment. Our email address, as you know, is curator at theboxofoddities.com. Love to hear from you, especially when you give us topic ideas. Yeah. Dear Kat and JG, I've lived in Las Vegas most of my adult life, and during that time, I've heard lots of stories of haunted areas within the city. I always thought it was fascinating, but I never really believed it to be true until after I graduated from high school and I witnessed it for myself. (gasps) There's a theory that has been floating around Vegas for a number of years that the Bellagio fountains in front of the hotel, the Bellagio, Mm -hmm. are, are haunted or at the very least 
a site of supernatural or paranormal activity of the, some sort. The fountains are yeah. haunted? It's called Bellagio Lake. It's really a lake in front of the Bellagio. It's like 600 feet across okay. and 1,000 feet wide, I don't, something like that. But in the middle, there is a fountain, the Bellagio Fountains, and it's like the dancing waters. It's a, it's a whole show. Yeah. It's a big you know, lights and, and water fountains choreographed to music. For years, the stories have circulated amongst the locals of seeing strange visions or images appearing in the water spray of the fountains. And that's not part of the show. Right. He goes on to say, my experience happened one night when I was with some friends down on the strip. We happened to walk by the fountains just as one of the shows started. During the performance, I swear, and my friends saw it too, a demonic-looking face in the spray in the mist of the waters of the fountain. Oh, my. After that, I was convinced there was a lot more to this than just a story. But after trying to research it online, I can find really nothing about it. This might be a good topic for JG. Thanks for all the work you do, uh, Justin. So I did think this was kind of unusual, and I'd never heard of this before. No. And, and, I, and I, I seek out stuff like this constantly. <laughs> it's true. So it kind of surprised me. And I did some research on it. And we have talked a lot about going out there. So I'm surprised that between your obsession with travel research and your obsession with the paranormal that this hasn't come up. I know. It's crazy. My research really turned up not much. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good so, story. Yeah. Today my, I'm going to be talking are, about... <laughs> <laughs> I could find really nothing hard in concrete other than references to it in various blogs and uh, a number of people sharing their experiences uh, that they've had on uh, Reddit and some places like that. But... I thought I would do a little bit of a deep dive into the history of the fountain itself before I started telling you the other things that I uncovered. Okay. The area that the Bellagio and the fountains and Lake Bellagio is located, if it is haunted or supernatural, I thought maybe we should find out what was there beforehand, you know, like ancient burial grounds or something like this. We would have to assume that's what yeah. it is. It turns out, though, that on that site, the old Dunes Hotel and, cas and Casino stood for many years. The Dunes was a hotel and casino on the Vegas Strip, and it opened its doors on May 23rd, 1955. It was the 10th resort to open on the Strip. Okay. It was real early. So we have to assume that there are bodies buried on that land. <laughs> yeah, well, one would, one would think. Because of the mob connections. Right. It was originally owned by a group of businessmen from out of state, but as it started to fail over the first few years, it became connected with the mafia and, and the mob. Uh, the Teamsters gave it a loan uh, from their pension fund uh, under Jimmy Hoffa. Well, there's a lot to it there. Sure. Anthony Giordano was arrested there in 1969. It had a reputation for providing first-class accommodations to members of the mob for free. So it was the site of a lot of dark deals, and it's been said that several hits were either planned or carried out there. Ooh. The Dunes and its dark and murky history closed on January 26th, 1993. The demolition started on September 16th, 1993. Soon after the demolition started, a four-fire alarm was triggered because demolition workers, this is according to the story, demolition workers ran over an electrical outlet with a bulldozer. Oof. That seems a little suspicious to me considering the size of the fire. Uh, they ran over an outlet 
and uh, ultimately more than 200 firefighters responded. Six blocks of the strip were closed for more than four hours until the fire had been contained. So, suspicious. <laughs> the tower itself was imploded on October 27th, 1993 at 10.10 p.m., it was actually quite a spectacle because um, next to it was Treasure Island and they have like a, a fake pirate battle out front with ships and cannons and things like that. Sure. And they choreographed it to look like the uh, the cannons blew the casino up. <laughs> I love that. I have this weird thing where I love watching buildings being demolished. Who doesn't? I love it. There's nothing weird about that. If Oh, really? Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Because if I come across one on YouTube, that's where I'm going to be for the next hour or so. Oh, for sure. Like, just rabbit hole of building demos. Precision demo collapsing of skyscrapers where they just kind of fall straight down on themselves. Yeah. It's incredibly satisfying. It really is. I mean, assuming that the owner wanted that to happen. Of, of course. The Bellagio was built on that site, and it opened October 15th, 1998. And part of the draw to the Bellagio has always been the Bellagio Fountains. The fountains were designed by Wet Design, a company that specializes in creating water features for theme parks and hotels and public spaces. The fountains are located in a man-made lake, Bellagio Lake, uh, or Lake Bellagio, in front of the hotel and casino, and they feature more than 1,200 individual nozzles that can shoot water up to 460 feet in the air. Wow. Now, the fountains are synchronized to music, with each song carefully selected to make the choreography of the water display. The shows are typically performed several times a day, and they attract large crowds of tourists and locals alike. Now, the fountain itself has had its share of tragedy. According to an article in Vocal Media written by Ariana Bilek, the fountains are routinely inspected. Now, there's uh, a story that a maintenance worker named Artur, who had immigrated from uh, to the U.S. from Europe, was in charge of this. And there was one particular night that uh, did not end well. I'm just trying to anticipate how one might meet their end by way of a fountain. Yeah. And I don't like it. <laughs> it was 5.30 in the morning, the following morning, and a report came in from a night guard saying that he had not received the fountain maintenance logs. Uh-huh. And part of the routine was they were supposed to turn them in within 20 minutes of their shift. Uh-huh. So they started looking for our tour, and they discovered that even though he had punched in for his shift, he had not taken a break for lunch or anything, and he had not filed any of his reports. So they began looking for him. At about 7.30 in the morning, the sound of sirens could be heard approaching Lake Bellagio and the fountain. It's very ominous. They pulled the body of the poor maintenance worker out of the fountain. Now, underneath the fountain, there are tracks that um, the fountains are attached to. It helps them move around and create different uh, designs Got and it. that sort of thing. And somehow he had been dragged partway beneath one of the tracks Ooh. and drowned. Oh. It was bizarre. It was an unexplained accident. No one could figure out how that happened. It seemed highly unlikely because mm. everything is shut off for the maintenance. Furthermore, the autopsy reported that there were strange marks all over his arms and legs, which, <gasps> which resembled small bites. It was also unknown how he was dragged beneath the tracks of the fountain in the first place. Yeah, if it wasn't moving no. and it was turned off. Everything was shut off and they, they could prove that. So with this background 
of the fountain and the original stuff that sat on that land in mind, here's what I found out about some of the strange images that people have been reporting and seeing for years. Okay. It said the patterns are often fleeting, appearing only for a few moments before disappearing again. Some have suggested that these patterns may have been deliberate and designed to convey some sort of hidden message or meaning. There are a number of theories about the origin of these patterns, of course. Some believe that they're the results of a computer glitch or a malfunction in the fountain's programming. Others speculate that they may be the work of pranksters who have somehow hacked into the fountain's control system and created these patterns. Okay. However, there are those who believe that the patterns may be some kind of supernatural event or mm. come from some paranormal origin. Right. Like me, for example. Well, I think it's natural for humans to want to find patterns in things. It's you know, yes. part of our evolution. And sometimes certain people with certain types of brains are a little more likely to want to find those patterns. Mm -hmm. I... I don't recognize who you might be talking about. Some suggest the patterns may be the result of ghosts or spirits interacting with the water. Mm -hmm. And others believe that they may be the result of extraterrestrial activity. Now, remember, Vegas is in an area that was that's close to a lot of UFO reported UFO activity. Right. Also, White Sands, New Mexico. It's not that far away. That's where the atomic testing site was. Roswell. So it totally all fits together in my right. mind. Right, the spooky sandy business. One theory that has gained traction in recent years is that the patterns may be related to ley lines. Now, ley lines are believed by some to be invisible lines of energies that crisscross the earth, connecting crisscross. ancient sites and places of spiritual significance, like Stonehenge and uh, the pyramids of both Egypt and Central and South America. Some believe these lines can be detected and even manipulated and that uh, they may be responsible for various paranormal activity and phenomena. So like that lake on Fringe. Some even suggest that the patterns may be deliberately created by those who know how to manipulate the ley lines in order to convey a message or influence the behavior of those who see them. Maybe even tapping into another dimension which would allow them to send messages through which a lot of people tie in with like crop circles oh, okay. and things of this nature. Gosh, there's a lot of maybes involved in a lot of maybes. seeing yeah. mm-hmm. uh, something in fountain water. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course, there's no scientific evidence no. to support any what? of these theories. The patterns in the water may simply be the result of a glitch in the fountain's programming or they may be the work of the pranksters, like I mentioned before somebody who's found a way to hack into the control system. It's also possible that people are simply seeing patterns where none exist due to the visual complexity of the water display. So in addition to what Justin saw, the demonic face, and what he described as a demonic face, there have been lots of different examples of sightings, and here are a few. Some visitors have reported seeing images of faces or other recognizable objects in the water. One person claimed to have seen the face of Marilyn Monroe in the fountain during the performance of Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. If it had not been for the fact that the Bellagio said that's not part of their show, I would think, well, that, that, I wouldn't think that was weird if I saw that. Sure. I, I think it was pretty cool. Others have suggested seeing uh, geometric patterns or shapes 
that seemed to have specific meaning. One person claimed to have seen a series of triangles arranged in a pattern during the uh, performance of Viva Las Vegas. Others say they have seen like that pyramid Illuminati symbol. Some have reported seeing symbols or writing in the water that they could not identify. One person claims to have seen a series of hieroglyphics during a performance of the Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> That's weird. There have also been reports of more abstract patterns that seem to be constantly changing and evolving. For example, one person described seeing a constantly shifting pattern of colors and shapes during the performance of Time to Say Goodbye. Many of these reports do come from tourists who are probably wasted. <laughs> and they're just watching the fountains for the first time. Uh, but there are, at, like Justin, many, many locals who claim to have seen these strange patterns in the water repeatedly, suggesting that this phenomenon is not just a one-time occurrence, and the stories have been circulating throughout the locals in Vegas for a number of years. In July of 2020, more recently, a homeless man jumped into the fountain. And when I say fountain again, it's really, a, you know, a lake sure. with a fountain in it. Witnesses say they saw the man jump in and start swimming strongly and determined toward the center of the lake, when suddenly he stopped and started yelling for help. Witnesses near the lake were yelling encouragement to him that he was close to the edge, he could make it, and to keep swimming, but unfortunately he just went under and drowned. Oh my goodness. Now, in this case, the autopsy showed that he was under the influence of methamphetamine at the time. After this, the fountain was shut down for a while. Initially, they said indefinitely. Of course, this was also during the pandemic, too. However, they are currently operating, although there is some talk of retiring it in the near future. Many people feel its time has passed. So, if you wish to see it for yourself, the show times are Monday through Friday from 3 in the afternoon until midnight. Each show lasts about 15 minutes, and there's a new one that starts every 30 minutes. Saturdays and Sundays and holidays, 8 to midnight. I would like to see that. Yes, thank you. It's pretty amazing. Special thanks to our Las Vegas freak correspondent, Justin, for suggesting this topic. Yeah. My source information, Las Vegas Then and Now, Vocal Media, Wikipedia, MobMuseum.org, in the Las Vegas Review. You know, we were just talking about Vegas. Um, one of our friends and podcast hosts that we are a fan of from And That's Why We Drink is going to be performing in Vegas. Christine reached out to us this week and said that they were going back out for some shows. And I just think that it would be irresponsible of us to not <laughs> go to Vegas. Well, she said she'd give us tickets. Although I did notice, too, that they're also performing in Miami. And and West Palm, which this is wouldn't be the same. driving distance. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I get it. But uh, definitely one or the other. We're going to go see, and that's why we drink. If you would like to support our trip to Vegas. <laughs> 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 I've got to tell you, the longer we've had our aura frame, the more I love it. I have kids, and they live about 3,000 miles away, and my daughter is expecting a child, and she has been sending me updates on her baby bump through the aura frame and since i can't be there to experience it with her it's the next best thing and speaking of mothers if you're looking for the perfect gift to celebrate your mom in your life aura frames are beautiful wi-fi connected digital picture frames it allows you to share and display unlimited photos it's super easy to upload and super easy to share photos with the aura app 
And here's the thing, if you're giving Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. We love Aura frames, and living so far away from family, thanks to Aura, it's the next best thing. It's like, it's like almost being there. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Box of Oddities freaks can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code Oddities at checkout to save. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com and use code Oddities at checkout, and you will save. Thanks, Aura Frames, for bringing my family a little bit closer. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. You know, as your kids get older, there are some things about parenting that gets easier. I remember once hearing my sister tell my little niece, if you put your pants on, I'll give you some fresca. And when kids can start to reason that they get something if they do something right, it's a lot easier to manage them. Having that conversation about money with your kids, that's not the easiest thing in the world. Fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money until they're actually in charge of it. And that's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made just for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on the kids' spending and savings. While kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Your kids will learn how to save, invest, and spend wisely thanks to the games that teach kids skills in a fun, accessible way. When I was a kid, I had expected chores, and then I had bonus chores. And bonus chores were where I earned money. And so if you're thinking like, hey, my kids should be doing stuff around the house. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. But maybe there's extra ways that they can learn how to be a successful financial money person. What was one of the bonus chores that you had to do? (sighs) Rub my mom's feet. And what did that pay? I don't know, like a quarter or something. Millions of parents and kids are learning about money on Greenlight. It's the easy, convenient way for parents to raise financially smart kids and families to navigate their life together. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash oddities. That's greenlight.com slash oddities to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash oddities. And now... That thing in the middle. Thank you for calling. Today's thing in the middle, weird phone facts. Number five, mobile phones are dirtier than toilet seats. Number four, the first mobile phone cost about 2,500 pounds. And it weighed that too. Number three, scientists can charge phones using urine. Number two, we check our cell phones about 110 times a day. And number one, more people have cell phones than toilets globally. Mandy sent us a message on Instagram. Okay, this literally just happened. I had to whip out my phone and message you guys because I know you'll appreciate the oddity of it all. I just got home from work and I'm outside letting our dog out to do his business when suddenly I hear this slow and loud flapping noise coming from up above. I look to see where it's coming from only to discover a very large raven flying low and carrying what looked like a big sandwich or a burger (laughs) in its beak. 
<laughs> My guess is it's stolen because we all know the thief ravens that live up here in Alaska. All I can think of now is the thing in the middle that you two did about the Costco ravens. Hope you guys get a chuckle out of the raven image I've just painted for you. Still <laughs> love the podcast and flying my freak flag high. Keep up the awesome work, Mandy. Thanks, Mandy. Ginger, who is a member of the Inner Circle of Freaks on Patreon, wrote to us about asparagus pea. You know, you just never know what topic is really going to connect with people, and apparently it's your pea smelling like asparagus after you've eaten it. Mm. Um, About the asparagus pea, it goes both ways. About 20 to 50% of people experience asparagus pea, and it's due to the compound asparagusic acid getting broken down through sulfuric-containing byproducts. Some people break down this compound more efficiently than others, and therefore produce more smelly sulfuric pee. And some people can detect the smell more than others as well. Thanks, genetics. And thanks, Ginger. Brittany sent us a message. Please let me join your union. You guys have the exact same sense of humor that I love and have. The way you two play off each other is poetry in my ears. I wish I could marry you both. I can't get enough. (laughs) Keep being as beautiful as you are. Never change. Thank you, Brittany. Where would you like to go on our honeymoon? Oh my gosh, Vegas? Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> I keep saying that I want to get married again, but you said that I can't. Rude. <laughs> well, not to another person. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So what do you got for me, Sugar Cheeks? Just so you know... It is not illegal to dance in Sweden. Oh, good. Yeah, it's not like a footloose situation in in Sweden. However, there were restrictions on dancing in some parts of Sweden during the 19th century. Now, these restrictions were based on, you know, morality laws and apparently concern about the spread of disease. In some areas, (laughs) dancing... What kind of disease would dance spread? Um, rock and pneumonia, I think. And the boogie woogie flu. Yeah. yeah. Dancing was only allowed on certain days of the week in some areas or during certain times of the year. But the restrictions over the years have been gradually <laughs> lifted. Well, that's good. And now there's no 
rule against dancing in Sweden, even though it does still remain as a misconception that dancing is illegal in Sweden. People still think that. Yeah. Which got me into laws that aren't laws. Have you ever heard this one? In France, it's illegal to name your pig Napoleon. (laughs) No, but I bet that dates back to the Napoleonic period. (laughs) Now, it is a popular myth, but there is no known law, nor has there ever been a law in France that prohibits naming a pig Napoleon. Apparently, there are those that believe it would be in very bad taste, Mm. but Mm -hmm. not illegal. Some people still believe that it is illegal to chew gum in Singapore. Singapore does not have a ban against chewing gum. The actual law bans the import and sale of chewing gum. Hmm. But chewing it is not illegal. So where would you get it? On the black market? I don't know. (laughs) There are exceptions, though, for therapeutic dental or nicotine gum which I'd never heard of therapeutic gum before. And I think that's a really interesting thing that I need to learn more about. Well, if you go to the flea markets there and somebody's like, hey, psst, psst, you want some, you want, you want to buy some Wrigley's? Look at all this juicy fruit I got inside my trench coat, <laughs> which reminds me, uh, my friend Erica sent me a video the other day of her opening up her sweater to a long sleeve of string cheese, <laughs> 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 which I could <laughs> <laughs> she, she had a cheese sweater on? She had a cheese sweater. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, it delighted me for days. In Canada, paying with too many coins. There is a widespread misconception that it's illegal in Canada to pay for items with only coins. And this is kind of a half-truth because the Currency Act does set a limit on the number of coins that you can use to pay for something in any one transaction. You can use no more than 25 pennies, 100 nickels, 100 dimes, 40 quarters, 25 loonies, and 20 toonies. So this is probably in place to discourage people from paying their property tax in pennies and nickels. Yeah, like revenge payments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you try to use coins over the limits, they can refuse them. They won't necessarily, but they can. They won't slap the cuffs on you, though. Probably not. Okay. It's a common myth in the United States that an undercover police officer must identify himself as such. I remember hearing this when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, if you, if you ask him, he has to tell you, which is not true. Additionally, the myth continues that undercover police officers must be truthful while they're undercover, which I don't see how any undercover police officer would be. Well, the fact that you're undercover questions whether or not you're truthful. Right. You're presenting yourself as something you're not, which is by definition a lie. (laughs) And a police officer, whether undercover or not, can use deceptive methods to enforce laws, like in interrogations, we see it all the time on TV shows, that they say, oh, well, your friend's already given you up, blah, 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 to get someone to confess and all that. Take it from me, kids. Undercover police officers do not have to tell you. Really? Is there a backstory there that I don't know? In Japan, Mm -hmm. there is a common misconception that it's illegal to be overweight. Huh. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is there is a thing called the Metabo Law, which encourages companies and local governments to monitor their employees' wastes from age 40 to 74, all under the idea of national health, blah, blah, blah. Mm Mm-hmm. However, there are no legal penalties for individuals who do not meet those guidelines. You're just publicly shamed 
in front of your coworkers. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Someone sent me a TikTok after we talked about my jumbo pants when we were in Thailand and I was looking at pants and the salesperson came over and instructed me that, no, no, the jumbo pants are over here. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, sorry. <clears throat> and it was just a series of stores in China that were plus size stores. And then the names of these stores were like Isle Heart Calories <laughs> and Fat Piggy Piggy. Oh, no. And what? I mean, it wow. was real triggering. <laughs> Whoa. Now, in the States, a lot of people believe that driving barefoot is illegal, but there is no federal law prohibiting it. There are some states that might have specific regulations, um, including the necessity of being in control of your vehicle. And sometimes people think that you can't have control of your vehicle. Mm. With, so it's open for interpretation, but it's not illegal to drive without shoes. I always take my, if I'm wearing flip-flops, I always take them off because I had a, a situation where the tip top of my flip-flop, mm -hmm. which sounds musical and rhythmic, <laughs> got caught underneath the, the brake pedal. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm like, eh, I'm just going to just gonna drive barefoot. Yeah. Well, there are several countries where this myth has taken hold. Contrary to popular belief, there is no specific law in the States or Brazil banning wearing flip-flops while driving. Hmm. While we're on the topic of driving, it's illegal to drive with the interior car light on. This is such a dad law. <laughs> you got to turn that light off. It's illegal. It's not illegal. Huh. The only thing that would be illegal is if it impaired your ability to drive well. And so, yeah, that would be a distraction and therefore illegal. But texting is illegal. Right. You know, and, and understandably so. Or watching TV. I remember we, I was driving someplace. It was a long distance drive. And I uh, was passed on the left by somebody who had a TV screen or probably like a laptop set up on their dashboard. And they were they were going probably 75, 80 miles an hour and watching porn. Oh, my gosh. That's distracted for sure. Yeah, you're telling me I could barely keep the car on the road. Many people believe that jaywalking is illegal everywhere in the United States. But that, like so many other rules, does vary state by state and municipality by municipality. In some places, crossing the street outside of a marked crosswalk is perfectly legal as long as it's not disrupting traffic. Again, that's something I thought that was a universal law. Yeah, no. This one I heard when I was in Germany that running out of gas on the Autobahn was illegal. And that's not illegal either. But it is considered stopping for a non-emergency reason because it's preventable. So mm. it is frowned upon and you could be fined for it because you're, again, creating a hazard. But running out of gas is not illegal. I would think that the Audubon would be the last place I would want to pull over on. People zipping by you 200 miles an hour. <laughs> no, thank you. There are those that believe it's illegal to pump your own gas in the United States. What? Yeah. I, now, I can't think of more than two places that I know of in the entire country that will pump the gas for you. There actually are two states where self-serve stations are illegal. That's Oregon and New Jersey. In all other states, it is perfectly legal to pump your own gas. Wait a minute. We've pulled over to one of those rest areas in Jersey where they have gas pumps, and, and those were self-serve. Well, maybe we weren't quite into Jersey yet. 
Or maybe there's a exception for interstate driving. Oh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. All I remember about New Jersey was that big truck that was on fire. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we crossed over into Jersey, there was a trailer truck at the side of the road totally engulfed in flames. <laughs> and I remember taking a picture of it and posting it on, our, on Patreon saying, well, we made it to Jersey. <laughs> Someone was like, seems about right. <laughs> in Russia, it is not illegal to drive a dirty car. But it is true that some Russian cities have regulations requiring drivers to keep their cars clean. But there's no nationwide law in Russia hmm. prohibiting driving a dirty car. Unless you write Putin's in the dirt, then you just disappear. Well, is that too political? I was thinking about the name Putin the other day and how people who name porns are so eager for plays on words. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Has there ever been a Putin at dinner? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There used to be a guy that worked in radio a long time ago, and he called himself Big Dick Long. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Big dick long. I didn't know him. There's a myth in the UK that anyone who dies in a royal palace is eligible for a state funeral. And I guess that's to be the basis for speculation about how dying in House of Parliament is illegal. But it is mm. it is not illegal to die in a House of Parliament. <laughs> I don't know how you would even think that you could enforce that. Well, you give him the death sentence. <laughs> and it's carried out swiftly. <laughs> There's a widely spread myth that in Italy, it is against the law to make coffee with anything other than a mocha pot, <laughs> which I can see as being, you know how Italian food, there are a lot of rules about mm. Italian food and mm. you just don't put cheese with seafood and you just don't right. do this and right. you just don't, you know. And I think that's kind of that same thing as there's a pride in their food and how they present, right. you know. But, uh, that seems a bit extreme. I mean, not. I could understand if it was against a law to make coffee in a neti pot. <laughs> that I, I can get on board with, but not a mocha pot. I love that we were just talking about buying a neti pot and it oh, it's happened been the, to work out. It's the, it's the the big topic of discussion here in it our house It has been today. how yeah. much we're willing to spend to clean out our sinuses. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not paying $100. No, that's way too and much. And you're like, no, no. If we can find one for 40 we'll do it. <laughs> So this is what we're doing later today. Right, we're, we're researching <laughs> nasal flushes. Because that's our life. I wonder if the person who wrote to us and wanted to marry us now still wants to marry us. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? We're going to research neti pots and nasal flushers. Is it illegal to flush your toilet in Switzerland after 10 p.m.? Well, no, not technically illegal, but... There are a lot of Swiss noise regulations, and it's encouraged that you be mindful of other people when mm. you're making noise after a certain hour, <laughs> which does not happen here at all. Mm -mm. I had to listen to someone's shitty house music until 1 a.m. the other day. And not the whole song, just the, the bass goes right through the walls. There's a very pervasive <laughs> there's a very pervasive misconception that a siesta is a legal obligation in Spain that every store must close for a certain period in the afternoon so that Spanish people can have a rest. Mm -hmm. It's not the law, which is great because I tend to be a midday shopper. So when we were in Spain, we did a lot of stopping in. Not me. No, you took part in any yeah, siesta well, available yeah, I, to you. I wanted ever. to show respect for the local culture. Right. 
Here's some misconceptions about laws here specifically in the states. It's illegal to collect rainwater. Now, this does vary state by state because there are some regulations on collecting rainwater, especially in drought-heavy places, but outright bans are rare. It's illegal to remove a mattress tag. So if you've ever seen those mattress tags that say do not remove under penalty of law, that doesn't mean to you, like you can remove it. If you've bought this mattress, you're allowed to remove that tag. It's meant for retailers that they can't remove the tag. It's so that, you know, you know all the details about your mattress that you've just purchased. Right. (laughs) It's illegal to film in a movie theater. It is not, and this is something that I was told when I was young too, is that you are not allowed to film in a movie theater. I mean, if you plan on reselling a movie that you filmed while sitting in a movie theater, yeah. not cool. Copyright violation, anti-piracy laws. Right, but just filming it for your own S's and G's, that's totally fine, mm. unless the movie theater itself has a specific regulation on it. I see. You must wait 24 hours to file a missing persons report. That's actually not the case. There's no federal or state law requiring a person to wait a 24-hour period before someone you know is missing is reported as missing. Now, there are some police departments that might have their own guidelines, but if you have concerns about someone, it's okay to reach out to the police immediately. This is one I'd never heard of, but apparently there's a widely held misconception that it's illegal to pick a state flower in that state. No, that I had never heard. I hadn't either. There are, though, some state flowers that are protected. Okay. So, in that case, of course... But most of the time, it's not a big deal. And finally, it's illegal to cross a state line with a duck on your head. (laughs) Now, (laughs) there there are, of course, some specific regions that may have some old laws still on the books. However, it's not illegal to take a duck across state lines. And as long as you're treating that duck humanely... Uh Like if if the duck wants to be on your head? That's right. Then that's okay. It's okay. It's up to the duck, really. It needs to be consenting barnyard fowl. As it should be. Mm. So there you go. There's some laws that are not laws. I hope that this helps you live your life safer and happier. Thank you. Oh, we just got a notification. Uh, David is now a uh, member of the Order of Freaks. Hey, David. On Patreon. Welcome, David. Um, If you would like to join the Order of Freaks and support this podcast, you get lots of cool stuff. Of course, you get the episodes ad-free and early. We've got a bonus episode, and that's actually coming up in the next couple of days. And also monthly Zoom calls and much, much more. And I really enjoy the Zoom calls. We get a bunch of freaks on there and we just have a drink. And it's like it's like cocktail with the freaks. Yeah. Um, what's funny is every single time I get super anxious before the Zoom call and then I end up having a great time. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to see me transition from very, very anxious and weird into much more relaxed cat, join us for a Zoom. Thanks, alcohol. <laughs> It's not the alcohol. It's the freaks. (laughs) Yeah, no, they are. They're wonderful. And if you're concerned about, you know, maybe you're nervous and you don't want to jump in and talk or you don't want to be on camera, a lot of freaks just, uh, they don't do that. They just... And yeah. listen and watch. My friend Keegan frequently joins the Zooms, uh, but just skulks. Yep. You could be a, a skulking freak. That's yeah. okay. No one no one cares. You're allowed to do what you want. Skulk away. Support the Box of Oddities. Join the Order of Freaks. Go to theboxofoddities.com and click on that link. 
and we'll see you next time. Until then, keep flying that freak flag. Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the box of oddities belongs to you, and its fate is in your hands. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Box of Oddities Podcast On Twitter at Box of Oddities And Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast Copyright 2023 All rights reserved Never can say goodbye No, 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 no Hello everyone, Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.